Hello, welcome to Charity Chats. I'm your host, Samuel Davies. Now, despite recent articles that show contributions by the biggest businesses to charities has actually fallen, FTSE 100 company donations alone to charities were still recorded as £1.9 billion by the Charities Aid Foundation two years ago. We've spoken with charities about their efforts to develop long-lasting and mutually beneficial relationships with corporate supporters. Now, in this episode, we take a look behind the curtain at the world of corporate social responsibility, CSR, and find out how companies choose to support charities. We talk to Joe Taylor, responsible business manager working in the area of CSR. So without further ado, here is Joe and I, speaking about corporate social responsibility and what this means for charities. So hello and welcome to Charity Chat. I'm Sam Davies and I'm here in a cafe with Joe Taylor, Responsible Business Manager, working in the area of CSR. Hello, welcome to Charity Chat. Hello, thanks for having me. It's lovely to be here. It's a pleasure. Very nice coffee here as well. And we're in the middle of London, They've turned down the music, so it won't be as raucous as it sometimes sounds in our podcasts. And, uh, yeah, thank you for coming. So, um, what would you say is a typical day working in a CSR department, Jen? Mm, that is a very good question, because there is no typical day, okay. I would say. Um, the first question to that probably is, what is CSR? Because it means so many different things to so many different people, and it gets, it gets called corporate responsibility, yeah. corporate social responsibility, philanthropy, responsible business. I've seen job titles for social investment or sustainability. So every company really has different terminology that means different things to their employees. Sure. And no one, often a lot of people don't really know what it stands for. And I think in lots of teams as well in different companies, it means something very different. So I've worked in, I'll call it CSR for the yeah. purpose of this. So I've worked in CSR for six years in three different um, financial services companies. Yeah. And predominantly my role's been around community involvement and community engagement. But some CSR teams, you know, they'll cover everything from environmental initiatives across um, the business to um, looking at diversity and inclusion or things like the gender pay gap to supporting vulnerable customers. Um, so it's really, really varied. Um, which means it's quite hard to define, I would right, say. Right, okay. Um, so, when I think of the CSR, and I normally talk about like community involvement because that's my background, sure. that's my area sure. of expertise. Um, what kind of things would that be? So that could be anything in um, the way we are working with communities, like okay. on your doorstep, really. So, from maybe having a corporate foundation and giving out grants to um, having more of a traditional charity of the year style partnership sure. or volunteering programs yeah. or running awareness raising campaigns with a charity or um, doing uh, collections like gifting kind collections that oh, kind okay. of thing yeah so that's sort of my area so I was, when you ask me what a typical day is it's really hard to define because one minute you could be you know being on the phone to an employee that's supposed to go out volunteering um, with a local youth charity yes. and they've got lost and they don't know what to do <laughs> so they ring you 
or it could be you know finding out more about a new charity that you've never worked with before and finding out what they do um, what their areas are what their services are how they've engaged with corporates right um, or it could be if there's a corporate foundation, for example, they would have a board of trustees, so you could be liaising with the trustees or pulling together board papers for those trustees. Blimey, okay. So there's really quite a range. It's quite a broad range. Really that, broad. What, what, how, just out of interest, what was yeah. your background? What kind of what, what got you into it? How did you get into CSR in the first place? So, um, I worked in, in the charity sector when yeah. I finished university for three years and predominantly doing fundraising or managing volunteering roles and I sort of moved into um, running programs that are working with corporate volunteers and sort of came into um, into a lot of a lot of contact with corporate volunteers that way and then I actually got made redundant from the charity that I was working at and kind of just looking for options and I saw a role within a financial services uh, company yeah. and I just thought that sounds really great I can I can organize volunteering opportunities I can commun- you know I'm really good with communications I really like yeah, um, written sure. communications and then yeah. I just kind of I think my manager was um, you know gave me a chance and I've just kind of grown from in different different roles in different sort of areas of community engagement to Absolutely. writing sort of wider CSR strategies so yeah. Quite a, yeah kind of just evolved I think a lot of people move into into corporate responsibility or especially into community programs or community involvement from the charity sector because yeah. they really have that understanding of how the third sector works and what it does mean to be you know to manage services, which when you're from a corporate side, sometimes like those expectations can be really different. So sure. I think often a lot of people do move into the corporate side from the charity side, yeah. or they move into um, you know the, looking after the community affairs um, from maybe HR or another team within a company. But personally, I don't think that's that can be as strong if they don't necessarily have that understanding of how no, charities work. No, and I suppose the kind of things you're looking for in the charities that you're working with, are they clear-cut? Do you have a kind of a criteria or an apparatus for judging what you're willing to get support. your company involved in and support? Yeah. Every company would have a strategy around um, their corporate responsibility or community programmes. So whether that's, they might have a focus or a theme, um, for example, employability or education or maybe financial literacy, or sometimes it's kind of relationships between a company and a charity have maybe existed historically for years and years, sure. and actually, is that is that the right partnership for that company? And maybe that, you know, would might lead to more of a strategic review. So mm. I think... That company, you know, all companies will have that strategy, so they will work with charities that will fit what their strategy is. Right, okay. And whether you've got that mutually beneficial partnership where the company's also getting something out of it as well as the charity. Okay, I mean, that makes sense. And and in terms of how how does the how do the companies that you've you've worked for, how do they interact with the charities? Is it a case of, I know some companies will will kind of put out, uh, you know, tender almost yes. you know kind of come and come and approach us apply to be a charity of the year or whatever is is that kind of 
the only way that, that companies kind of work with charities are other other ways of interacting with them and deciding yeah, who to support. There's definitely definitely other ways. That's the that sort of charity of the year style partnership yeah. is very it's quite a traditional um, style, and a lot of companies are moving away from that now. Right. So um, you know, a few years ago, that would have been um, quite a common theme to have seen where you know this company they're open for applications on X day and you yeah. can apply and compete with other charities sure. for, for funding or to be a, a wider partner if you fit X, Y, Z criteria. And then but there's I, a staff vote, all that kind of stuff, yeah, isn't that there? Yeah, that could be a staff vote yeah. um, or a selection panel or pitch, that kind of thing. So I've seen a lot of those. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of companies are moving away from that because they're finding that, you know, there's not well, from the staff engagement side, you know, supporting a charity for, I don't know, a year, the staff mm. don't have time to get behind the charity and you can sure, implement the changes sure. that you want to make yeah, within yeah, a year yeah. before you move on. So there's a lot more of a transition to longer term partnerships. So you might work, if you know you have three themes, maybe one was around financial inclusion, you might want to work with a, char with a charity that, you know, their focus is financial inclusion and you're sure. building a programme together that would last, you know, five, ten years. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas, and you might have another theme which might be employability and then an appropriate partner, a charity partner that would be suitable for that. Yeah. So I think that's the way things are going on the corporate side. And is that because they, they want to see more impact, do you think? Yes. Is, that, is that ultimately it? Yes, yeah. definitely. Whether that, that's multiple impact is the biggest word. It's the biggest <laughs> word. What is it? You know, it's, it's such a broad term, isn't it? I've found that it's one, it's really hard to demonstrate. Yeah. And that can be a huge problem because companies want to see what impact their funds have had, sure. either on the charity itself yeah. or on the beneficiaries of the programme that it's supporting. And then you've got the quantitative, qualitative argument yes. around, well, impact, do we help numbers of people or do we help the quality of somebody's life? And I, I know that in, in the marketing that I deal with, you know, my job and, and in other roles, you know, we've increasingly, the, the, um, the suggestion out there is that we focus much more on the person because emotionally people identify with a person rather than a stat, yeah. you know, so uh, I wonder if that plays a, a part in, in some of these decisions too. Yeah, I think so. Like if I was looking to work with a charity, I'd want them to be able to sort of demonstrate the impact that those ones have had yeah. because otherwise, you know, what's the point in, in funding a particular programme if you can't demonstrate you're actually doing any good? I mean, Absolutely. I'm sure you are, I'm sure what you're doing is, but yeah. maybe it's you know, maybe it's having more of an impact than you've even realised, but it's not been captured very well. Yeah. And, you know, also look at what impact it has on the volunteers and, you know, how is it, what impact um, how we work with charities has had on the business, for example, like volunteers get a lot out of volunteering in terms of increased job satisfaction mm. and increased HRC, increased retention rates of staff. Sure, sure. Um, so there's, you know, those sorts of benefits as well as upskilling volunteers amongst other things. Yeah. Um, so you kind of you, having those partnerships that are really mutually beneficial, I think, is really, really important. A friend of mine who worked for a charity a few years ago, and they their charity is quite a small charity, and they went for they were invited by a large bank yeah. to um, apply for the second or third phase of this charity of the year thing which was substantial money you know the charity of the year typically received upwards of 
half a million pounds or something like that. Yeah. And uh, but it costs them quite a lot of money in the getting out there and appealing to staff and doing you know big shows of what they did and all sorts of things. So and I don't they got the the you know the, the charity of the year in the end. So I suppose that's a downside of that old model, isn't there? And so what you're you know you're saying and a lot of um, CSR departments, companies are now looking at this more strategically, yes. which might actually help the charities too, you know, in the kind of the shift from charity of the year only. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing worse than putting in a lot of effort Absolutely. and time into applying for something than if, you know, that company, if you know that they would, they're not right and you wouldn't partner with them for whatever reason, it yeah. doesn't quite fit the bill, then it's, that's wasting a lot of resource, which you don't really want to do yeah. but you know a lot of charities and companies are being so collaborative um, which is really good to see like there's um, a few actually three-way partnerships which I think have been really good really? between CSR department between a company and two charities or um, it varies I've okay. seen well you know there's three corporate, three corporate partners local government and two local charities yeah focusing in ones in Hackney actually Hackney Borough to where we've had one corporate and two charities that were both health charities and a health okay. company yeah. and together you know that three-way partnership really meant that they could collaborate and you know Brilliant. share services and that was a lot more I think that's a lot more sustainable. Absolutely I think you know there, there is this kind of sense that you know sometimes charities are duplicating efforts yes. and I, I think having that model where they're clearly working together to maybe address a bit a wider issue or have more impact <laughs> then um, that, that's going to be good for a company or in some cases trust fundraising that's some trusts are looking for that too you know, I suppose it's kind of a similar piece yeah in a way, so. when I um, recently received well, I, I, I manage um, an independent charity but it's a corporate it's a corporate foundation yeah um, recently received a large number of applications um, from the military charity sector yeah. and there were so, so many great sounding projects from charities but a lot of them sounded very very similar and right, you know okay. when I, if for whatever reason someone didn't get through I was going back to them and saying did you know that X charity wants to do very similar project to what okay. you want to do. Did you, they, did you go back to them with that or you yeah, wanted to? Oh, no, I did. did. Oh, well done, that's <laughs> so, great. You know, I think, why don't you think about working yeah. together and I think you know, you're right. It's very competitive, but a lot. I think it's thinking about how you could be more, how you could be peers. So, what what kind of mistakes do charities make when they're applying for funding from, uh, from the companies that you work for? I think doing a blanket approach, that one size fits all approach to a company, is just it's never going to be successful right. you know either sending a letter or an email which you know they've not spent any time personalizing it finding out about you know what if you're the right person to speak to or not really demonstrating that they understand what your company does sure, um, sure. and you know therefore that blanket you know we need x amount for this project i just think it's never it's never going to work because you no. know i get inundated with really? requests for funding or for having a chat or collaborating yeah. and you can't say yes to everyone else I'd never of get course. my job done. No, no, it's right. Um, so and are they, are they kind of saying can we meet with you or, or here's some information can you read yeah, through it that kind of thing? Yeah, that's, yeah. that sort of thing everyone's like, you know, slightly different but I, 
I would say that that's, that's just really difficult because you never, you know, the best thing I would say would be is to, you know, really make sure you've researched that company and yeah. only approach companies that one you actually want to work with and sure. you know you want to be associated with their brands yeah and, and two that it fits with your companies if you're a health charity you know health approach focus on health companies if you're you know focusing around using technology then working seeing how you can work with a technology company Absolutely. you know seeing where yeah. those synergies are yeah and yeah. then not wasting time approaching companies that really either their programs are so well established and sure. they've got such strict criteria and vision. If you know you're not going to fit in with what their vision is or what their focus area and is. And a lot of this on, on the website, right? Yes. So, yeah. you know, and, and presumably a lot of the large companies will have a CSR section or yeah. one of the different terms that we, we talked about at the beginning of the, <laughs> the podcast. And, uh, and so kind of looking on that, I suppose, is a good yeah. place to start. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's, the, that's a really good place to start. Or, you know, there's lots of networking... Um, events that exist in, in the CSR space and the charity space, mm. or looking at um, you know there's lots there's lots of awards. You have like business charity awards and the, the fundraising conference. They always have people showcasing really good partnerships and what okay. they look like. Yeah, so yeah. you can kind of get a sense of is that a good company that we perhaps sure, want to work sure. with. I always think of uh, Network Rail and Samaritans as like a great partnership because there's such an obvious synergy there. You know, you've got the kind of Samaritan signs on the train platforms yeah. and things like that you know and I, I, for yeah, me that's always sense. just kind of that's like perfect it's perfect synergy you know yeah so um yeah but i suppose some smaller charities might listen to this and think well we're a niche charity working i don't know to save um in our local community and there's no big business in our community how on earth can we you know, go to uh, ask, ask for large sums of money, but I suppose that's not the point, is it? It's about looking for, you know, companies that might be interested in what you're doing in, in your local area, or yeah. depending on what you, how you help your beneficiaries. You know, how do they help their customers? Is there a yeah. synergy there and that kind of thing? I think you've you've either got the, the choice of then looking at small local companies that maybe don't have you know a huge established CSR team, and they just want to give something back and do something good and yeah. see those synergies or you're looking at a large company that's customer facing that has a branch network so you know bankers that have a branch network or you know any retail that ex- that exists on the high street a lot of them will have something in place that supports yeah. local causes sure. in addition sure. to having an overriding maybe one national charity partner yeah. they would have some sort of local scheme you know, like you see in the supermarkets absolutely um, yeah. yeah the little token with the big <laughs> the check and all that kind of stuff yeah, yeah so oh yeah have, the little token things yeah yeah, yeah. Do that, yeah so. so you do have um, you know really big big brand names will yeah. do something local with their local stores or local um, branches which I think is a good way to explore having those conversations you're quite small or quite niche or very localised. Don't overpromise if you're a charity. Okay. Is a big one. So once you get the the yes green light, yeah. let's partner. Or overpromise to get to the partnership. Okay. And then actually, when it comes down to it, you're not enough. You don't have enough resource, or you don't actually have the capacity that you know that you said that you kind of promised that you would be able to or go oh you know we've got loads of volunteering opportunities that we can offer you and then actually uh, yeah. you, you only have a 
couple. I think, Bob, just be honest about what you can and can't offer yeah. and be upfront about that from the start. And if that's not something you can do, there's no point in inventing a volunteering opportunity that <laughs> doesn't achieve anything that has yeah. no impact. Absolutely. You have to redo it once they've left. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I think, again, it comes down to looking at that company. So they might have very structured, these are our volunteering partners, we yeah. just volunteer with them. Or we're quite a small charity, we can't offer volunteering, but actually all we need is a grant, then maybe focus on foundations that do grant giving, sure, not sure. a partnership, exactly. Yeah, yeah. More, you know, so don't chase the up. money, that's the ultimate thing, isn't it? Don't chase the money. I suppose, you know, focus on what you're doing and the projects you're doing as a charity and, uh, and find the organisations that fit with that model that you have rather than, as you say, making up yeah. things for people to do. Yeah. yeah. I remember we once, when we were going through that um, pitching phase for a new, this was a new charity partnership, a three-year partnership, and one of the charities, you know, they didn't, they weren't successful, but we still wanted to make a donation for okay. sort of in light oh, yeah. of the fact that they put in a lot of time and effort into going yeah. through that application process um, and doing the pitches. And so we want to make a donation in respect of that, but because they didn't get, they didn't get the, um, they didn't win the vote or get the partnership, they just never bothered to reply to us. So I don't that I never kind understand of, that. I never understand. Yeah. That. So you sent some kind of um, email or some of that, and yeah, then we'd have that, had a phone call, and then okay. um, yeah, my colleague had sent an email saying, you know, this is unfortunately unsuccessful. We'd like to make a donation of, of X amount. Yeah. And then I think she chased it a few times and never really got anywhere. So we would have oh actually worked with, you know, there were so many other ways that we could have maybe collaborated yeah, with that charity yeah, or done, yeah. you know, maybe a collection for them if it was gifts and kind sure. that they might have needed, sure. like items of clothing or toiletries and things like that. Or, um, you know, they might have had some really good awareness raising campaigns that we would like to have run across the staff. But yeah, they never they never got back to us because they had lost, I assume, because they'd lost out on that. So then that kind of wrote them off for us and of being course. a partner would, that we'd want to work it? with. Absolutely. Which is a shame. Not very reliable. I mean, it's me. So I think, you know, it's always good to just have those good relationships because yeah. you never know when things, opportunities do crop up. What advice would you give to charities to help build meaningful, more impactful relationships with corporate organisations? I suppose we've already touched on this, haven't we, in terms of making sure that they're looking for synergy with the company they're applying to. Are there other things that charities can do to help I'm responding to emails in the last example would be a good thing, especially if they're offering you a donation. Um, but are there other things that charities can do, um, you know, uh, inviting companies to see their work or to come in to see their office or anything like this? Are there other things I can do? Yeah, I think what we touched on earlier about the importance of being strategic in everything that you do. So, for example, if you you really want to fully understand what that company does and what their core business is mm. and what their products are and not just think, you know, oh, that's a funder, it's a one-way relationship. Sure. It's a two-way relationship, and can you have influence over what they, what is the core business of that company? So, for example, if it's if they do something like have products and you're a charity that maybe focuses on those that are hard of, um, hard of hearing or visually impaired, sure. then, you know, can you sort of offer that 
pro bono service to that company so that they are inclusive of things that maybe they haven't fully understood or, or Absolutely, yeah. thought about. Yeah. And that, I think, is one companies love things like that because they don't have to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> and two, then the charity gets a lot out of that because not only are they actually making a difference to society for the area that they, you know, their cause area, sure. but then something like that can lead on to so many other things if you have a good Absolutely. experience. Yeah, yeah. So whether that's, you know... So then they're a project partner in a way, aren't yeah. they? Because they're helping to deliver for beneficiaries. Yeah. Yeah. So I think just really seeing that two-way partnership Brilliant, yeah. is important. Yeah make the course relevant so you know for example like outside society have their huge dementia friends campaign so you know rolling that out across number across companies to train employees is a great way to one engage with the business they get employees that are very therefore aware of the course area and also so that's a huge win for outside society but then for the business it's so much better because their customers that are that you know they do have dementia are better supported so that's win-win yeah similar you could apply that across so many different cause areas absolutely i saw something i can't it's a terrible example because i can't remember the name of the charity or the name of the company but it was this <laughs> <laughs> but for, for these uh, for children in uh, parts of india rural india where um diseases related to hygiene are an issue they don't have the opportunity to wash their hands they don't have kind of soap in a lot of these schools and things like that and uh, a company created and I'll put the link on the website and I, I'll look it up um, but but uh, they, they use chalk on chalkboards all the kids use chalk on chalkboards get chalk all over their hands so the simple thing was a company that provided the chalk and a charity that were working for hygiene within rural communities and, and uh, you know dealing with diseases um, they essentially worked together to provide chalk which when it went on the kids hands at the end of the day they'd go and wash their hands and it would turn into soap and then they'd inadvertently be cleaning their own hands, you know, and it, they didn't have to pay for anything like that. It's just amazing. That's a brilliant example. Absolutely. <laughs> Collaborative approach exactly. to problem solving. What would you say you enjoy most about your role in CSR? Do you get to see a lot of the projects? Do you get to see the, the ben- do you get to meet the beneficiaries? Because working in charities, for some large charities, I've sometimes been so separated from the beneficiaries that I, I need that, I need to see, yeah. see the work. In CSR, do you get to see a lot of the work these charities do? I do, not as much as I would like, okay. because I think, for me, the reason that I work in CSR is because I think that through you know really meaningful partnerships and through um, really good community programs, you can have such a huge impact that Absolutely. we've already talked about some yeah, of those examples. Yeah. So that's sort of my, the, my driver, and mm. personally, I, I want to make a positive difference. Sure. So I do sometimes feel like I am a bit further, further removed than I would like to be from yeah. some of the projects that we're funding. Yeah. So when I do get the opportunity to you know, go and see some of the really good work that we've funded or that we've partnered on, or um, you know, I do go along to quite a lot of volunteering opportunities programs that we have then I do those are the bits that I really enjoy the most yeah. I would say um, but it's very it's a very varied role and I think you have to have it's the sort of role where you've got to have um, lots of fingers and lots of pies and move sure. everything along quickly and a lot of it's about trying to win over people in the business that 
don't feel the same as you necessarily okay. because you know maybe they're not as passionate about um, you know working with a charity or having addressing some of those societal issues that we have. So these people are, are colleagues that work in the business. Yes. of which your department is the CSR department yeah. and you're convincing them to get on board in whatever way and, yeah. and are they are they uh, kind of leaders in the business you're talking to or are you talking to just general general staff sounds bad isn't it but are you talking to just to anybody is there anybody in the business that might it's, have these kind of dilemmas of you know should we support this charity or should we support that charity well there'll be a structure of governance okay. depending um, on the company it would really depend on you know, what are some of the decision-making powers of the CSR team, what would um, be out of our hands that, and that governing structure varies. So that could be that it's a corporate foundation, so you have a board of trustees, sure. which would be very similar to the, it's pretty much the same that you would have in the charity sector, yeah, and that yeah. sort of um, reporting line. Or if it's not, you know, its own independent charity, but it's just, you know, the, the giving arm of the business, sure. then that could report into that I've reported into brand and communications um, heads before, or it could report into head of HR or um, strategy for the business, which is, I think a good place to be. Yeah. Because um, that means that what you what you're doing is being seen as being taken very seriously. Sure, by the absolutely. Business. Yeah. Um, so, you know, some decisions, depending on what they are, could be escalated to you know, that higher governing body um, or to the CEO. It kind of depends on what it might be, I suppose. Right, okay. And the agenda of the different, you know, different CSR departments, you know, depending on the, uh, the makeup of the organisation or how the CSR department's organised, as you said, the agendas of, uh, of different companies very different then in terms of with one company, for example, prioritise supporting charities that promote the business interests versus other organisations that might support charities to, I don't know, in increase the well-being of their, their staff or, or is there kind of a crossover? Or? I think their businesses are very different in how they see CSR and what purpose it has and it, they can be very different like you say so you know one business it might be very much yes it's great to have an impact on the community and it's great to do all those good things but yeah. ultimately we're doing this for staff engagement whereas another business could be very much no this is this should be the heart of the business of what we're doing yeah. and that might depend on the CEO or like historically how CSR's been seen within that company. Sure, sure. Um, yeah. If that's like they've got that leadership and direction from the top or yeah. not. Yeah. So I do think, or it could be, you know, we, we are doing this to, well, I don't want to say to, just to promote our brands, but we're doing this to promote our brands in addition to achieving XYZ. So I think yeah. it's important for charities to understand what the motivations Absolutely. are those business yeah. and then you can see actually do I do I want to work yeah. with you yeah. or understand them so that you, you can then better see how you could work together. What about um, the future of CSR? So you know you mentioned earlier on that obviously things have changed. There used to be much more of a sense of charity of the year being the um, the way that you know, that it was done, the charities were selected by companies, but that's now changing. It's becoming more strategic. Um, 
is that do you think is that going to change even more? Are there are there ways that it's developing further? Yes, I think it depends on where the company is in their journey of CSR. So if they are still maybe they've just grown, you know, they're quite small organization and they're growing rapidly and they're starting to work more in the space they've got more capacity to or they've maybe hired someone for the first time to actually just focus solely CSR as their job rather than just you know trying to do it alongside then they're where they are now is probably that's never you know that's never going to be as as sophisticated as someone that's been working in CSR for years and has really established programs and really established goals and outcomes so that i think the traditional csr is still operating in smaller companies or those that maybe yeah maybe don't have the huge amounts of capacity but if you're looking to you know the big players in um in the world then really you'll see so much of integration of working with cha- with charities to the core that core services part of the business and yeah. that's the way that it's going I think that's the future so it's those examples where you are collaborating and saving lives or I know there's I think it's intercontinental hotel you know they do huge amount if there's a if there's a disaster in the areas where the hotels are they've got evacuate they've got um, you know, community engagement plans in, already imposed oh, really? exactly okay. what they're going to do, where they're going to get the resources to in yeah. places of disaster in that area. That's amazing, isn't so, it? So, yeah, like things yeah. like that, I think is just more the direction yeah. I like to think because I'm an optimist. <laughs> but <laughs> the, the way that that collaboration will evolve more yeah. than the traditional, like hands to mouth. And I think that the idea that it's becoming more strategic, to me, I'm an optimist too, and that gives me hope that maybe charities and companies will be able to find more effective ways of working together. Because, as we said, you know, the the one-year charity of the year model, it's it's not great for the company, you know, sometimes because they they don't see the impact what they're doing. The staff don't get fully engaged. So the flip side of that is for the charity, you know, um, they're less likely to get as much out of that than they would a Five, three, five, or ten-year um, yeah. relationship. You know, uh, it's not. I'm not knocking the charity beer style partnership because I think it does work if you've got a company that's. You know, if you tried to implement something that was so like really, really strategic, or some of the things we've talked about, yeah, it, the, just the the business wouldn't be there yet. They wouldn't sure, be behind sure. that yet, and yeah. still maybe viewed um, that community involvement as being we are a charity of the year style fundraising relationship sure. and over time it, through education it evolves it would evolve yeah, yeah to you yeah. know and see, you know trying to engage the business and getting them to see those wider benefits sure. that takes time so and for some charities as well they wouldn't be they wouldn't sure, be ready absolutely. for that and that's yeah. fine too so it works for both the charity and the business like you say they're still both gaining a lot out of it yeah um, and for those smaller charities, like they wouldn't necessarily be able to to manage something that was like with a very large corporate that was maybe too demanding. It was about charities driving development of charity of the year. So if they've got a charity of the year partnership, then the, the, the potential for them is kind of conveying the impact of it, the, the benefit to them, and really having the opportunity to engage with 
staff of the company on an individual level. I mean, I've seen you know companies that have supported charities I've worked for. On the one hand, maybe giving gifting kinds. Uh, support in terms of staff time to help with all sorts of different things, accountancy or whatever yeah. the charity needs, and then you kind of develop that and say, hey guys, maybe should we all do a run together, you know, or whatever, and then gradually that relationship builds like any other relationship where you have all these kind of touch points with a company, you know, and that, and that seems to kind of help with the longevity of the relationship, so yeah. I suppose that works well. I think so. I think if you think about a company, then you you have you contract out all the time for different services, and yeah. if you, they have a good job and a good experience, then you will use them again. Absolutely. And yeah. just to kind of use that example in, the, in between charity and company relationships, I think that applies. If you're both still benefiting from working with each other, yeah. Whether that's through educating staff or raising awareness of a particular campaign that you want to promote, or maybe look at like. HR processes, if you were a charity that focused on carers, you might want to look at what's the caring policy. We uh, interviewed a guy called uh, Asher Simpson a couple of shows ago, and he was uh, work, he works for Mind, and so it's a plug for Mind. But you know, with their yeah, quite with, with their well. mission, you know, they will see you know there's a there's a lot of a lot of the stuff they do resonates with people generally, and so yeah. companies kind of benefit from mindfulness and all this other stuff. And he mentioned uh, Wagon Mamas and the relationship they had with them. And they did some great work, you know. And, and as you coming back to what you said before, you know that kind of that project partner relationship yeah. with the company, as well as just will you give us some money, please? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Giving the money is great. Which is good. But, yeah. And that's always the bottom line. You know, you yeah. need the money to do it. Great. But I just think you're. It'd be a shame not to explore other opportunities. Absolutely. And sometimes it's things that the charity or the company might not have thought of because they haven't really got to know them. Yeah. So it's spending a bit of time to really get to know their partners and understand their services and understand how they work and what some of their wider campaigns are and then, you know, explore where those crossovers could be. Mm. Because I know everyone's busy, but if you just invest a little bit of time yeah. to really understand and don't be afraid to ask lots of questions if you've not worked with a big company. Or you don't need to be afraid of them. Like you just need to ask those questions Absolutely. and explore. You know where you can cross over. So there might be some really great synergies. Joe Taylor, thank you for contributing to Charity Chat. Welcome. Thank you for having me. So there we go. Big thank you to Joe Taylor for giving up her time to talk to us about CSR and giving us some fantastic insights into how companies choose to support charities and indeed what charities can do to build long-lasting, impactful and successful relationships with companies for the betterment of their beneficiaries. We mentioned a few examples of successful CSR relationships that went beyond raising funds and actually dramatically helped to further charity and social missions and you can find more about these on our website charitychat.org.uk. Many of you are reaching out to us which is fantastic both through our social media channels and through our website and that is greatly appreciated. It, uh, it makes us feel all very happy and, uh, and supported. Um, we happy for you, are happy for you to let us know 
what you think about the show, uh, what topics you would like to cover. And I'm always grateful for any other offers of assistance that you might be able to provide. We are a group of volunteers working desperately to give you the best show that we can. And we hope you enjoy it. But we're open to suggestions of how we can improve it. Please do keep on getting in touch and joining the chat and spreading the word about the show too. If you're listening to the podcast on iTunes, we'd really appreciate a review as well. And as many stars as you feel um, we, we deserve. Um, so it's just left for me to thank you, the listener, dear listener, for supporting us by listening to this podcast. And also a big thank you to our sponsors, Giant Squid Audio Lab, for sponsoring our podcast kit. Magda Axamit for beautiful website design. Check it out on our website, charitychat.org.uk. You can also get in touch with us through the website as well. Our yard photography for the great pro bono photos on our website too. And Forest to Fools who have been playing throughout the show and will be playing us out now. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Speak to you soon. Cheerio. Goodbye.